Luke 6. Woe to you when all people speak well. That's another day. <laughs> Daniel 4. We are going through the book of Daniel today. And this is a very nice story to parallel Yodel the Turtle. Nebuchadnezzar has ridden high. And he was very powerful. And this is the dominant superpower in the world. Babylon. I'm going to read sections, but I'm going to give you sort of the narrative so you can get a sense of it. So King Nebuchadnezzar is looking back over an experience that he had that was life transformational. And so he writes, beginning with verse 1, King Nebuchadnezzar to all peoples, nations, and languages that live throughout the earth, may you have abundant prosperity. The signs and the wonders that the Most High God has worked for me, I am pleased to recount. How mighty are his signs, how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his sovereignty is from generation to generation. Now, that's the experience of looking back. But it didn't go so well. He had a dream. Nebuchadnezzar, king of other kings, when he writes to all languages, it's because he feels like he is over all the languages, and Babylon was for the known world. He wrote about a dream, and in the dream, he was a tree, a tree at the center of the earth, and the height was great. This is verse 10 and 11 and following. The tree grew great and strong, its top reached to heaven, and it was visible to the ends of the whole earth. Its foliage was beautiful, its fruit abundant, and it provided food for all. The animals of the field found shade under it, the birds of the air nested in its branches, and from it all living beings were fed. That was Nebuchadnezzar, and that's how he felt about himself, a giant tree. But then in his dream, there was a holy watcher coming down from heaven. And the watcher cried out and said, this is verse uh, 14, Cut down the tree and chop off its branches, strip it of its foliage, and scatter its fruit. Let the animals flee from beneath it and the birds from its branches. But leave its stump and its roots in the ground with a band of iron and bronze and the tender grass of the field. Let him be bathed with the dew of heaven. Let his lot be with the animals of the field and the grass of the field. Let his mind be changed from that of a human. Let the mind of an animal be given to him and let seven times pass over him. Cut down the tree and leave its stump. He was terrified as this image is as you would be if you dreamed that you had achieved all you wanted to achieve and you were just about to lose it. And there was nothing you could do about it. So he called for all the interpreters from all over. And Daniel came and said, oh yes. Around verse 32, you'll be driven away from human society and your dwelling will be the animals of the field. You'll be made to eat grass like oxen and seven times shall pass over you until you have learned that the Most High has sovereignty over the kingdom of mortals and gives it to whom he will. In other words, God is God and you're not. And it happened. Just like Daniel said. He was riding tall and then he fell to the ground. Living among the dirt, earth, the dirt, kind of like Yertle the turtle. Riding high and then he's down in the mud. Maybe it's part of a great drama that gets him to be in the Bible or maybe it's just kind of how life treats you. I love this story. There was a woman who, who was a big fan of Paul Newman, and she was in Los Angeles, and she saw Paul Newman, and she went to get ice cream. 
And so she went up and ordered ice cream cone, and then she was just enamored with Paul Newman, and she was just watching him the whole time, watching him the whole time, and Paul Newman got ice cream. She paid attention to the flavor. She paid attention to everything about him. And then he went, and he sat down, and then she started looking around. And she couldn't find an ice cream cone. So she went up to the clerk and said, I don't think you gave me my ice cream cone. He said, yes, ma'am, I did. I put it in a little holder right here, and you picked it up. But I don't have it. And then she looked, and there was Paul Newman. And Paul Newman said to her, are you looking for your ice cream? And she said, yes. He said, it's in your purse. <laughs> now you have a decision. What story are you going to tell when you tell about meeting Paul Newman? Because one makes you look like you're hanging out with celebrities because he actually spoke to you. But he spoke to you to tell you your ice cream cone is in your purse. That's the way life is. It's true, no matter what you are and what you do, no matter how powerful you think you are, sooner or later, it just falls away. Uh, I've shared and written about and talked about how when Nate was little, and I, I still do it, but like I would walk to Target, wave my hand, and the doors would open. And Nate thought that was cool. And if it was, the light was changing right before it came green, I'd go, now I still do it, but I'm alone. So, you know, for a while you feel like you ought to be in Harry Potter, and then for a while you feel like you ought to be one flew over the cuckoo's nest. So, you know, it, no matter why you are, how powerful you feel, it comes down. I remember when I was little and I had the magic hat. I got it from Ronco. Anybody remember Ronco? It's on TV all the time. I got it for Christmas. And I had taken that cup of water and I had poured it into that cup and it was into that hat and it was supposed to disappear and I had all the family there watching. I mean, you know, this is extended family, not just the people who live with you. All the extended family there were for the magic show with the magic hat. And I mean, it was solid plastic too, so it hurt like the dickens. And I looked down in that hat where the water should have disappeared, it was just sitting there in a big old puddle. And I think it's probably because I thought if a little was good, a lot was great. And I had a choice. I could just say, oh, that didn't work, or I could go for comic relief. <laughs> so I put it on my head and it all ran down, but I learned quickly that no matter how powerful you think you are, no matter how magical you think you are, it'll all come down. There's a contrast in the Bible. The structures that we build all come tumbling down. There's Jericho with a great wall to protect the city. And some people blow horns and it falls down. There's Pharaoh in the pyramids. <laughs> and oddly enough, you have to feel for Moses, right? I mean, Moses is going to compete against Pharaoh and he's competing against the pyramids. And Moses gets a vision with a bush, a shrub. So it's a shrub that's on fire that won't burn up, which is cool. But compared to a pyramid built by slave labor... So he goes and tells Pharaoh, hey, let my people go. And ten times Moses has to go ten times thinking he's going to die. Because he's competing against the pyramid. But the bush was more powerful because God was dealing with the bush. But also points to a very important thing. There's no fire burning inside a pyramid. It's just an empty tomb full of ashes, full of dried bones. But there's something about life 
that's bigger. And so Nebuchadnezzar had a great kingdom. He built a great statue. But these are very limited things. They fall to the ground. But the tree has grown up. And so even cut down. Don't worry about it. Because it's alive. And living things grow. So if you think that church is an address, then you're really aligning with Pharaoh more so than with God. Church should be a verb. Think about it. Where else in the Bible is the stump mentioned? Where is it? Tommy knows. It's mentioned here in Daniel. And it's mentioned in Isaiah 11. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of its roots. Jesse was the father of David. And the one to come after would be the Messiah. He's not coming out of David in the kingdom. He's not coming out of the palace. And we find that out in Jerusalem. He's not in the palace. He's in Bethlehem. A shoot will come out of a stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of its roots. And the spirit of Lord shall rest on him, and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his eyes hear, but with righteousness he will judge the poor, decide with equity for meek of the earth. It's pointing toward Jesus. He's pointing toward another kingdom. Where the wolf will live with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. Jesus, who would come later, and envision a world where Isaiah 11 says, The nursing child shall play over the hole of the serpent, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the water covers the sea. Coming from the stump of Jesse, a kingdom that has a peace beyond our understanding. Out of that stump was come one who is greater than any of the ones who have gone before in order to empower us to understand what life is like that life is bigger than any walls and structures we can build, that life is bigger than any kingdom, that life is bigger than any nation, whether it be Rome or the United States or anybody. And he would do that by lifting up a little boy who had five loaves and two fish. And while all the disciples were saying, oh, that's not enough, he says, oh, that's plenty. Adam and Eve. In the Garden of Eden, didn't think that paradise was enough. They had to have something more. We, in the wealthiest nation on earth, think it's not enough. You've got to have more. Jesus says, you need to know when enough is enough. Five loaves and two fish, no problem. It's an abundance mentality. Because when you put people together, that's how life grows. Kingdoms fall down the way we understand them. But kudzu grows, well, like a weed. And so Jesus' image actually was not just the great tree. It was the weed that grows and grows and grows. And once it starts growing, you can't stop it. That's how life works. We think mathematically. Jesus thinks exponentially. 
how a little seed produces more seed and more seed and more seed. So when a sower goes out in the field, he's not worried about what doesn't make it. He's not worried about the trials and tribulations because he knows where life is and he knows how life works. Carol and I have been working on between Lent and Easter, and we're looking at some people who had to learn a new lesson, who had to learn that the kingdom of God belongs to children because children say, hey, what can happen? So Nicodemus comes late at night because he thought he wasn't safe, and he learned it wasn't about safety. Nicodemus came at night because he thought he had learned so much, but he hadn't have, didn't have to be educated. He just had to be faithful. So you've got to be born all over again. You've got to let go of that, and you've got to get this new perspective, the perspective of the kingdom. And Nicodemus learned about being born again and being new. You have a woman who comes at a well, and she thought that her past was so terrible that she couldn't be around people anymore. So the person above persons came to her and said, you need to let that go, because it's not about being good. It's about being faithful. Then there is a blind man who could never see. It's not being, about being healthy. It's about being faithful. And his eyes were open. And then, as if it's not enough to have Easter itself, there is Lazarus. To find that God doesn't even need you to be alive to work in you. So whatever you think you don't have, Lazarus didn't have any of it. The guy's dead. And that was plenty. So whatever happens, no matter how low the tree is cut, life comes. That's the kingdom. Out of a stump, something great can come. Just watch. Just be faithful. Stay awake and watch. So that no matter what you go through, you can look back like Nebuchadnezzar and go, got to tell you, God's God. I'm not, that's good news. The good news of the gospel, thanks be to God. Let us pray. God who is God and not us, help us to watch and see what wonders you might do in our lives and in the world, no matter what we face. For we will be people of your kingdom in this place and in this time. For that's why we've come, that's why we've gathered, and that's why with one voice, in our own ways, we lift our voices praying as we were taught, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.